High Limit makes a big change. Brandon Shepard is headed in the right direction and more from the Dirt Racing Weekend. Let's go. It's Monday, May 1st. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. We'll kick your week off with the news from Saturday that the High Limit Sprint Car Series will sound a little different when they head to Kokomo this week. Through the opening two nights of this inaugural season, father-son duo Dylan and Vince Welch have handled the announcing for the new Sprint Car Series from Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson. But going forward, Vince is out and Tony Bachoven from Knoxville is in. We found out about this because of a tweet on Saturday evening from Bachoven announcing he'd be at Kokomo. So Bachoven and Dylan in the booth with Chris Wilner continuing as pit reporter. It had been a struggle for Vince getting rolling with this uh, change over to dirt racing, uh, including learning the names and kind of keeping up with the pace of action. Vince had a long career calling NASCAR shows with Fox Sports, but I think this transition to dirt racing is just not an easy one to do. I do think that with more time, Vince would have picked it up, but that doesn't really matter now. Uh, There's been nothing official from anyone else about the move, uh, including who initiated, nothing from the series. Uh, But I did hear through the grapevine that maybe this was mutual. Uh, You certainly won't have to worry about Bachoven knowing names and who's in which car. Uh, He's obviously got a very long history at Knoxville and tons of other big events. He is continuing in his role at Knoxville, uh, and these high-limit shows will be in addition to his regular gigs. Going forward, we'll see how Dylan and Tony uh, get along in the booth together. I think them developing a chemistry will be really important for how this works out. I don't know that I think a series really needs two guys on the call, but I do applaud Brad and Kyle for being willing to kind of pivot in the situation. That High Limit show at Kokomo was initially scheduled for tomorrow night, Tuesday, but because of weather, they have shifted it to Wednesday. Uh, We'll talk more High Limit later in the week. Over to some racing topics from the weekend. The new Look Mars Late Model Series was in action for three nights this weekend. And I wonder if maybe we'll look back at these three races as a pivotal moment for Brandon Shepard and his 2023 season. Friday night at Brownstown was a complete slider fest, especially early. Uh, Tyler Erb came out on top for the win in that one. He did beat Bishop. Uh, Saturday at Fairbury, typical Fairbury. Uh, and again, Shepard fell one spot short of the win with Shannon Babb taking the victory. Sheppy was definitely a victim of lap traffic in that one and still almost got Bab at the end anyway. Uh, if you haven't watched the highlights or any of the racing in the, uh, from those two nights, definitely go check those out on Flow Racing. Sunday, though, at Red Hill, Shepard charged to a dominant flag-to-flag win, beating second-place Tanner English by nearly four seconds. It was Shepard's first win in 2023 and first in the Longhorn chassis out of the Shepard Riggs Racing Shop. He said in Victory Lane afterwards that it's been a process to get the car to fit him and that it's a lot different than what he'd been used to meaning the Rocket chassis uh, as part of the Rocket House Car Program versus this Longhorn. That Sunday field at Red Hill was not a Lucas or Outlaw field of cars, but it was a win and a dominant one at that. I think that little bit of a confidence boost from the victory and then three straight top two finishes may be just what that team needs going forward. The B5 squad is currently fifth in the Outlaw standings. They've got four top tens in seven starts. They've got that 50,000 win show at Mississippi Thunder looming this weekend. We'll see uh, if this translates into some more success here for the B5. With the Word of Outlaw Sprint Car Series over the weekend, we had stops at Tri-City Speedway and at Tri-State Speedway. Friday night at Tri-City, it was David Gravel leading the second half of the show and rolling to his 80th career Outlaw win. Both he and Brad Sweet continue to edge closer to Stevie Smith for 10th all-time in Outlaw victory. Stevie's right now at 84. I believe Brad's at 82. 
Uh, it was Gravel's fourth win of the season and his first since Volusia back in March. It was definitely what he needed after the DNF at US 36 Raceway early in April. Parker Price Miller had a nice late charge to the podium and early race leader and pole setter Logan Schuhart finished third. Things did not go well, though, for Gravel on Saturday at Hobstadt. He was out early after his rear end seized up, and he's now fallen to third in the point standings. He's 48 behind the leader after he kind of started out the season as the guy on top. That Hobstadt show was led early by points leader Carson Macedo, but he lost the lead right past halfway to Shelton Hoddenshield. Looked like it was the 17s race to lose, but out of nowhere, Brady Bacon put on a late clinic and drove by Sheldon in lap traffic to score his first career outlaw win. Sheldon settled for second with sweet third. Bacon usually only makes a handful of wing starts a year, and his last outlaw top five came at Hobstop, but it was way back in 2017. I doubt anyone had him penciled in for the victory. I wonder, too, what it is about Hobstop. It seems like very regularly we get kind of some... Uh, out of left field winners there. I don't know if that place is just a little bit of a, you know, evens the playing field or what it is, but uh, definitely a surprising win there out of Bacon. The second place finish for Sheldon was a nice bounce back from Friday. He caught the wall while trying to chase down the leader and ended up crashed. And I think the work area did a great job to replace the front end and the wing and get him back in the mix. I was also impressed with Tyler Courtney on Saturday night. He got trapped in the work area after early damage, but got lucky when a quick caution flew on the ensuing restart. He then drove back through the field to finish in the top five. As for James McFadden, the team uh, raced both nights while waiting for their appeal to happen for the failed tire test penalties. If you want to know more about that, check out the Friday show where we talked all about everything that happened around McFadden and Roth and the failed tire test. Uh, they were ninth on Friday, but out early on Saturday. Obviously not what they wanted, and there's some not-so-great rumors out there about the future of Roth Motorsports as a whole. Hopefully those things are not true. In that Hobstop feature, we did have Parker Price Miller DQ'd under a caution, and it was supposedly for hitting Hunter Schoenberg. PPM did tweet about it. He was apparently not pleased for some stuff that had happened before under green and wanted to show his displeasure. Race director Mike Hess then sent the nine car to the trailer for the rest of the night. Headed to Eldora now for Let's Race 2. Macedo leads sweet by 12 in the standings uh, with Gravel 48 back. Schuhart and Buddy Kofoid complete the top five. Macedo now has 21 straight top 10 finishes with the Outlaws and six straight top fives. That's a hell of a streak he's on right now. Other weekend sprint car winners included Gavin Boschel and Max Stambaugh in 360 action at I-75. Brody Rowe was a USAC CRA winner at Kern County and Dominic Selzy topped Corey Day in NARC 410 action at Antioch. Those two in Day and Selzy were having a great battle in traffic late in that one, but a caution with just a few to go, I think kind of robbed us of a great finish. Uh, with four races complete, day tops Justin Sanders right now in the NARC standings. Other weekend late model winners included Ethan Dodson with comp cams on Friday. Chris Simpson and Chad Simpson split the MLRA weekend at Lake Ozark. Tony Jackson Jr. tried to go after Logan Martin in that Saturday show. Had to be restrained by officials. If you watch the video, he tried to hit him with the car, then stopped the car on the front stretch, and then kind of hung out there for a second. And it was like they waited for the field to stop. And then Tony kind of gets out, starts walking slowly, then takes off running after Logan Martin. Uh, quite the scene there uh, in that MLRA show. Uh, the entire Spring Nationals weekend was a lost terrain. And with the USMTS, the Saturday race at Hamilton County was rained out. Tom Barry Jr. won the Friday show. Dan Ebert leads the series standings headed to Lakeside Speedway this week. Before we close out today, I had an affiliate link, or I've had an affiliate link in the video description below for a while for these Eargasm earplugs. They come in this little case like this. It's like a little metal deal. Uh, I used my earplugs over the weekend during the Charlotte NHRA show, and they work really great. 
Most ear protection is just kind of meant to cover or plug your ear from any sound, but these actually filter the sound around you, almost just like turning the volume down. I wore these in the grandstands even when the nitro cars were running, and it's nice because you get the protection, but I could still have a conversation without taking them out. A set of these earplugs is certainly not cheap, uh, and I would get why some would not be interested in. Uh, but if you are at the track a lot or maybe you work in a loud environment, I check these things out. And I can help you out a bit with the cost. If you use code DIRTTRACKER10, that's DIRTTRACKER10 at checkout, you'll get 10% off your order. You can grab a pair of them over at eargasm.com or you can click the link below in the video description. Just Flow Racing 24-7 and Dirt Vision now on the streaming schedule today to see the full list of daily offerings from all of the streamers. Head over to dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. Hope you guys have a good Monday out there. We'll be right back here tomorrow. <laughs>